I just want to say thanks for coming out to a service today. I just, holy cow, it's, uh, it's safely packed for COVID. So, <laughs> but it is good to see you. Thanks for being here. I want to welcome those of you watching online as well. So glad that you are tuned in. And uh, I just want to remind you of something that we've been asking you to do for a few weeks now, and that is to simply check in and let us know that you're watching. So you can leave a comment down below with your name and how many people are watching. If you don't have a YouTube account, there is a link in the description that will take you to a form to basically do the same thing, but really we just want to know who's watching and how we can better connect with you and uh, all that sort of stuff. So thanks for tuning in. Now, we are in the second week of a series, a two-part mini-series called Move the Mission, and uh, I will tell you I have never been as excited as I am right now to talk about this. This is honestly something I've been looking forward to for well over a year, and uh, I am thrilled that you are here, thrilled that you are watching online, uh, because I just love talking about the mission. And speaking of the mission, um, I, I know that not everybody was here last week. Um, I know from, from watching YouTube numbers that not everybody watched it online either. So I just want to do a recap of last week before we get into new stuff for this week. And as a church, we have one very clear laser-focused mission, and that is this, that we exist to draw people into a growing relationship with God through Jesus Christ. That's it. Every service we hold, every kid's toy we buy, every video we put online, every outreach we do, every, everything that we do is all about this mission, to draw people into a growing relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Because this is the one thing that we have been called to do as a church from God himself. Humanitarian work is awesome, and I'm glad that that's happening, but it is not as important as this mission. Social justice and social issues matter. They do, but they do not matter as much as this mission does. There's only one organization, there's only one group of people with a mission that will matter 10,000 years from now, and that is the local church. Now, this is Access Church, this is where God has put us, but that's, this is the mission of every Christian church, the big C church around the world. This is what God has asked us to focus on. And, and we can do a lot of other things, we can be involved in a lot of other things, but nothing is as important as this. Nothing. If, if you and I want to make a difference, if we want our lives to count for something, simply because of eternity alone, this is the place to do it. And then add on top of that all of the other benefits that the local church brings to our world and to our lives, that, that we try and teach good financial principles, that we, the church is responsible for teaching parents how to raise their kids right with values and morals, and it's the local church that is, that is the proponent of things like forgiveness and compassion and patience in our culture. I mean, so many different things, and I, I know that it's become popular in culture, and I know that more and more people are walking away from the church all the time. But we have to understand that it's the local church that is the biggest force for good in our world, for, for this life and for the life to come. And we exist to make this mission move, to accomplish everything we can for the kingdom and the glory of God, to reach as many people as we can. Now, in our 21-year history as a church, together we have moved the mission in some incredible ways, in some absolutely fantastic ways. I share these statistics last week. I'm going to share them again with you right now because all of these numbers that I'm going to share point to God's faithfulness and they point to your dedication to our mission as a church. 
that in our 21-year history, we have seen over 600 people baptized. That is publicly professing their faith in Jesus Christ so the world, so the world knows. We've seen almost 900 people filled with the Holy Spirit where they receive his power and his gifts and his supernatural work in their lives to further advance this mission. And most importantly of all, we have counted, okay? This is not even the people we haven't been able to count, but we have counted over 2,000 people who have put their trust in Jesus Christ for their eternal salvation, okay? So that is, that is absolutely incredible. You, you guys are, have created such an amazing, awesome church. It's through you that God does his work. It's through you that we have a church that people can come as they are, that they can discover God at their own pace, that no matter what their life looks like or what they've struggled with in the past or what they're going to struggle with in the future, that when they come here and they interact with you and they interact with us, they will receive love and encouragement and, and all of those things. That is not normal, okay? Those statistics, this atmosphere that you create, this environment, access church is not normal, and that is because you have dedicated yourself to this mission that God has called us to, and he has been faithful, he has worked in and through all of us together in some incredible, incredible ways. But for as much as we've moved the mission forward, for as much as God has moved in our midst, there's still some things holding us back. When I think about what we could, what we could do for the kingdom of God as a group of people in this community, these places, it seems to me like there's just an elephant on our back that we need to get rid of. And that elephant is debt. As a church, we built the second phase of our facility, this auditorium, in 2007. And at that point, we raised our total debt to about $2.5 million. Now, at the time, that was the right thing to do. Okay, I don't want you to think that our board or something made a bad decision. That was absolutely the right thing to do. It was what God was calling us to do. Prior to building this auditorium, we were meeting in the lobby and we were holding three services a weekend. Even that was packed out. Attendance was going up. Giving was going up. People inviting. I mean, everything was up and to the right and it seemed, God, this is what you want us to do and so that's what we did. However, in 2008 and 9 and 10 and 11, the recession that came hit us out of the blue, much like it did for probably many of us, and it lasted, its, its lingering effects lasted much longer for us as a church than it did for other people. And because of that debt that we had, because we built when God wanted us to build, unfortunately things just happen in this world and you got to play with the cards that you're dealt. But that debt, especially through those, those rough recession years, really caused us to make decisions that we never wanted to make and pull back on how much we were moving the mission forward. Now, not that we abandoned it, not that God still didn't move. He was still working and you guys were all still faithful. But there were just some consequences of the recession that we had to deal with. We had to get rid of staff. And let me tell you, we have never been, we've never had enough staff as a church. So to cut staff on an already thin team hurt the mission. It prevented us from moving the mission forward as, as far and as fast as we could. We had to pull back on community outreach events like 4th of July celebration in the park and Halloween because we simply didn't have the giving or the volunteers to run. Um, we, we try and do our best to keep this, this building up, but the truth of the matter is we have some HVAC systems that are 20 years old. The stucco on the outside needs repair. It's been you know over six, seven years since we've made any considerable upgrades to the production and kind of technology arms of our church. Um, the internet is a fantastic tool and we're starting to just kind of move into that direction to reach people online. But the truth of the matter is, is 
is we're limited. We can't do everything we want to do because of debt. Our hands are tied. When you've got, right now, we have about a $2.2 million loan. And when you have that size loan, like I said, your hands are, our dreams are big. I believe that the potential God has for our little church in North Branch is huge. But you can only do so much with the resources that you're given. But what if we were debt-free? What if we could get rid of that $2.2 million loan? Imagine what God could do in and through us. Imagine how we could be a part of His plan and His mission in our community and beyond. And that was really the point of last week's message, was just to get us to dream as a church, to dream about the possibilities. What, what could we accomplish? How far and how fast could we move the mission if we didn't have to spend all that money on a monthly mortgage payment. What if we could be debt-free? Think about the staff we could hire. Think about the outreaches we could do. Think about how much more we could do online. Think about you know, the events we could do again. Think about, you know, we support five missionary families right now. What if we could support them even more? What if we could take on more missionary families reaching Muslims in the Middle East and be a part of moving the mission forward around the world? Again, the opportunities, I believe, what God has in store is so big and so incredible. But we've got to get rid of this debt. There's this elephant that is holding us back, that is preventing us from moving as fast as we could. And let me tell you, when eternity is at stake, moving slowly is not an option. When the eternity is at stake of your family and your friends and my family and my friends and the people we run into in town, that people and wherever you live online, moving slow is just not an option. So in the summer of 2019, I took a six-week sabbatical, and I believe during that time that God gave me a vision for our church, a goal, something to work for, something to work towards, a very specific um, goal for our church, and that was to be debt-free as a church in 10 years or less. And it was out of that vision and out of what I believe God has been doing in me, and as I've shared this with other people, our, our staff, our trustee board, shareholders, you last week, I believe that is what God wants us to do as a church. Not something to try for, not something to, we'll get around to it when we have time, but to actually dedicate and focus for this mission so that we can draw even more people into a growing relationship with God through Jesus Christ. I believe that God wants us to be debt-free as a church in 10 years or less. So that's what we covered last week, okay? If, again, if you, if you didn't watch the message, we talked about that in a lot more detail, poured out more of my process to coming that, what God did, you should watch it. But I want to move on to some new stuff for today. How are we going to do this? And really, I just want to share some numbers, and I, I am so stinking excited about the plan. I'm going to try to slow down. I can feel myself talking fast already. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> just give me, a, give me a break. All right. I believe that God has already been working in the background and doing miracle after miracle to bring us to a point where this vision he gave me in the summer of 2019 will come to pass. And I want to I share some of what God has done, hopefully to inspire you and to see, yeah, this is where God is taking us as a church. First thing I want to say, the first miracle that God has done is your generosity. Honestly, your generosity, especially in the last two years, has been a miracle from God. In fact, in 2020 alone, it was our highest general fund giving ever as a church. 
And I don't know if it's just my lack of faith or whatever, but I remember, I've shared this story before, I remember in March of 2020, sitting in a conference room down the hall with our staff and contemplating, are we going to go fully digital? Because we didn't know what COVID was going to bring. And I remember being afraid. Honestly, I remember just thinking like, What's going to happen? You know, are, are, we going to be, are we still going to be a church after this? Are we going to have enough money to continue paying the bill? All those sorts of things. And I tell you what, you guys came through. You guys were so generous in 2020. And when I look at the numbers, and when I, I don't know who gives what or anything like that, but when I look at the numbers and how much you collectively gave, I can't attribute that to anything except God did a miracle through you. That is, I, I see that as evidence that you are spending more time with God, that you are trusting him more, that, you, that he is changing your hearts and that you are being more and more dedicated to the mission than ever before. Because normally what happens is when people don't physically attend, they don't give either. But you were so different. You gave even through a year like 2020 with so much uncertainty, with so much pain, with so much job loss and all that sort of thing. And, and when, I, when I think about you guys, when I think about what God did through you, it just reminds me of something that Paul wrote almost 2,000 years ago about a group of people who did the exact same thing. He's writing about some Macedonian believers. That's another city. He says, they are being tested by many troubles. 2020, right? <laughs> they are being tested by many troubles and they are very poor but they are also filled with an abundant joy which has overflowed in rich generosity. For I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. And they did it of their own free will. He continues on to write this. He says, they begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing the gift, for the privilege of giving for the believers in Jerusalem. They did even more than we had hoped. More than I thought was possible. You guys did. For their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us just as God wanted them to do. When I read this, when I think about this, those Macedonian believers, I just think Paul could write the same thing about you guys. That in a year like 2020, you went, oh, you did more than we could have even ever hoped. Why? Because I think you care about the mission just as much as I do. And I think together, God is working in our hearts to stir us to be more dedicated and more passionate about what he's doing in our church for others to reach and draw as many people as we possibly can into a growing relationship with God through Jesus Christ. So that was miracle number one. Because of your giving, every, about the end of every year, October, November time frame, our trustees get together. We have a board of financial trustees here at the church. We get together and we, we plan out a budget for the next year. You know, that's, that's pretty common in most businesses and organizations. And because you had been so generous, especially for a couple of years, but especially in 2020, because you had been so generous, the board decided that for 2021 and hopefully going forward, we can actually put it in our budget to pay $15,000 a month towards our mortgage. And anything over and above our normal payment is just going to go straight towards paying down principal. So that, that worked out to be roughly about $1,500 a month. Now, that is nowhere near enough to pay down a $2.2 million loan in 10 years or less. So just, <clears throat> but it was a start. They knew I had shared with them what I believe God told me it'd be debt free in 10 years or less. And they knew, okay, we got to do something. This is a start. We know it's not enough, but it's a start. <clears throat> so that was in November. And about a week later, after we decide, okay, we're, we're going to figure out something, we're going to pay down this debt in 10 years or less, about a week later, 
we get a call to the church from a family. And they say, hey, um, we'd like to give you a gift, a financial gift. And I don't know if it's just me, but when, when most people call and say that, I assume it's a couple hundred bucks. And not like that's a small amount at all. Every dollar that you give, every dollar that you give, I promise you we will use it to further the mission. But that's just typically what I think. Come to find out, <clears throat> Kevin went and picked up the check, our founding pastor. The check <clears throat> was for $52,000. Totally unexpected, totally out of the blue. This family, um, God had blessed them in some incredible ways. And the first thing, is, as we kind of heard their story, the first thing they wanted to do was to just give back to God out of an appreciation for everything that God had done in their lives. They kind of shared some of their story about struggles they'd experienced in life earlier and how coming to this church made such a difference that they understood what Jesus did for the first time. They understood how free they could be in a relationship with God because of Jesus. This, the ministry of this church, what God did in and through you, affected their lives so much that they just wanted to give back. It was like, how could we not do this? And so they wrote the church a check for $52,000, no strings attached. Do whatever you want with it. You, you just reach more people. The, your church has made such a difference in my life. I want you to keep doing that and reach as many other people as we can. So we get this $52,000 check, and I am like, as Kevin would say, pooping my pants, okay? I am literally on cloud nine. I can't believe it. So I, you know, I email the board and like, you guys won't believe what God just did. This is incredible. Again, just the week before we'd, we'd kind of dedicated, okay, we're, we're going to start attacking this debt. And then this check comes in out of nowhere. And so we start to have conversations as a group about how should we use this funds? You know, this is, this is unexpected. This is out of the blue. What might God want us to do with this? And, and I want you to know that when you give to this church, our trustees spend time with God. They, they do not rush into decisions. They are extremely wise in their relationship with God and their, their just knowledge and life experience. I just want you to feel comfortable. When you give here, we have a board of trustees that will make the most out of every dollar you give. So anyway, we get this money and we start talking. Well, there were kind of three different options that came up. Should we just put it all towards principle right now? I mean, we, we want to pay off that debt. That seems like a good one. Should we save it, you know, for a rainy day coming up? We didn't have a lot of savings at that point and kind of knowing that the economy can go up and down for the flip of a coin, should we kind of build that? Another idea that came up was, hey, should we, should we invest all of this into ministry and upgrades and kids things, stuff like that? Maybe, maybe we can put more into ministry and more new families are going to come and hopefully that will grow and build things. And so we're having all these different discussions and there's just... It, they were all good ideas, but there was no unity between all the trustees. And so I tell them, you know, we have an hour or so long conversation. I just tell them, look, guys, let's, let's just table it for right now, and here's what I want us to do. I want us to go back and just let's spend time with God. Let's talk to Him. Let's, let's intentionally ask God to give us some direction and some unity about how we ought to spend this money that was given to us. So that goes on. We typically meet about once a month, sometimes a little more. Well, December rolls around, and the family calls back again. And he says, hey, we, uh, we came into some more money. Now, they don't sell organs on the black market, okay? So just <laughs> I want you to know that. <clears throat> These are good people. They have their own cool story of what God is doing in their life. But they call back again and say, hey, 
We want to give you another financial gift. And again, I ought to have more faith than this. But I just assume that's probably, you know, a thousand bucks or something at this point, right? So I go there and I talk to them and they hand me a check. And this one's for $30,000. Okay. I just want to stop and thank God again, like right now. <clears throat> I couldn't believe it. Now in a span of about two months, knowing that we had just dedicated ourselves as a trustee board, we're going to start chipping away at this debt and we don't know how to go forward, but like, gosh dang it, we're in it. Now two months later, we've got $82,000 totally unplanned for, totally out of the blue. Okay, God, we're starting to get the hint. <laughs> what do you want us to do with this money? We still really hadn't come to a point of deciding what's the best way to use What's going to give us the most literally bang for the buck with this money that's giving. Now, add on top of that, I don't know if I would call this one a miracle from God, but I will say God used it. Add on top of that, that back in early 2020, we qualified as a church for the payroll protection program. You know, that stimulus package that, that the government gave out. And I want you to know, that's the only time we've ever gotten money from the government, and I hope it's the only time we ever get money from the government. I don't like taxes going to that. So that's a whole other message. Okay, I should stop. <clears throat> but we got money from the government, almost $40,000, and we used that to pay payroll during COVID. I mean, exactly like they want us to do. But because of that, and because of your generosity in 2020, we ended up with a surplus in our budget. We ended up with, you gave more money than we spent last year. And that, again, that is just a testament to how wise and awesome our financial board is. But now we've got about $120,000 in extra money. Okay, God, what should we do with this? You are clearly moving. You clearly have something for us. But we're, we're humans. We're a little slow. So give us some more. So in January, one of our trustees, he works in the financial sector, he, said, he brings up this crazy idea. I, I thought he was crazy at first. But he says, why don't we look into refinancing the church? Now, that might, that might not sound like a big deal to you, but i got to give you some backstory. For a long time, we were upside down on our mortgage as a church, and no bank wanted to touch us. In fact, it was a miracle from God, I believe, about two and a half years ago, when a private group of Christian investors offered to, to kind of take on our loan. They care about building churches. They care about the mission of God in this world. They touched us when nobody else wanted to. So already, like, that was okay, God, thank you so much for still your, your hand and your favor upon us as a church. And then he says, well, why don't we look into refinance again? And like, okay, that seems crazy, but, but sure, let's do it. So he goes out and talks to some banks. And a bank here in town, as well as our current lender, both come back with absolutely incredible offers for us. In fact, a bank here in town came back with a 3.99% interest rate which we were currently paying over 6% at the time. So when you've got a $2.2 million loan and you can drop more than two percentage points in interest, like that is, that is a huge deal, all right? So, <clears throat> so that's happening and like, okay, how, how are we going to go through all this? And I want to show you some numbers, right? These are not exact figures. These are not like you know, to the penny, but they're, they're good enough to work through. So I want you to look at this. Currently, right now, we have a mortgage of about $2.2 million, which works out to around $13.5 a month. 
Both of these offers from other banks are very similar, very competitive. Never once as a church have we had banks fighting over us. So like that's, that is another miracle from God, right? But let's just go with the one at 3.99%. If we can, I want to show you this, this next number. If we can get our loan down to $2 million at 3.99%, that will drop, don't look at this yet. I forgot about that. <clears throat> That will drop our payment to about $9,500 a month. Okay, I thought you would have been more excited about that, but don't worry. Don't worry. I'll get you there. You might be wondering, how are we going to pay off $200,000? That ain't no cheap, you know, chunk of change. Most of us have mortgages for that. Well, here's how we can do that. There's $82,000 in special gifts. There's a little over $40,000 surplus in our budget. And I'm hoping, we only need 80000 then to get to two hundred. but I'm hoping that together we can raise $100,000 as a church to bring us to $2 million at 3.99%. Now, what is that going to do for us? Let me show you some more numbers. The plan is if we have a $9,500 a month mortgage, the board already decided because of your generosity, we can afford to pay $15,000 a month. That means $5,500 a month extra goes towards paying down principal. Most of you are aware how compound interest works? Okay, good. So that, plus, if we can raise $100,000 every year until we are debt-free as a church, do you know what this means? It means this. It means we pay off the loan in under 10 years. exactly the thing that God told me in the summer of 2019. In fact, it actually works out to just a little over eight and a half years. In eight and a half years, we could be debt-free as a church. And this is just like, this is just easy math. That's, that's not counting other miracles that I believe God can do. And this is, not, this is not magic. This is not wishful thinking. This is not, oh God, part the reds. This is just simple, easy math. When you and I partner together, we can be debt-free in under 10 years. Now you might be wondering, okay, well, part of that's raising $100,000 every year. That, that sounds like a lot. You're right. That is a lot of money. But when we work together, when we partner together as a church, that makes a lighter load for everyone. Now this, isn't, this is not a perfect science, but I like to work in easy-to-understand numbers. If we need to raise $100,000 every year, you know what that breaks down into? 100 families giving an extra $1,000 every year. That's it. 100 families giving over and above an extra $1,000 per year. You know how much that works out to a week? Less than 20 bucks a week. Surely we can do that, right? Surely we can. I I have no idea how many people call Access their church home. This is the biggest we've had since COVID. Who knows? Nobody ever attends all on one weekend. But I am absolutely convinced there are a hundred of us families that can give $1,000 extra every year. It's not hard. Now, if, if one or two of us had to raise $100,000, that's a pretty big stretch. But when we work together, when we partner together, like we have been for 21 years, when we work together, this is totally attainable. This is totally achievable. I told you last week, the promised land is in sight. We can get there together. So now I want to show you some more numbers. And for me, this is where I get really, like, super, super excited. When I was working up these numbers, again, they're not exact, but when I was working up these numbers about a month ago, I was downstairs in my bedroom at home. When I saw 
how these things laid out, when I got a picture of what God could do, I ran upstairs like a giddy schoolgirl to my wife. and like, you'll never believe it, oh my God! Like, so I'm going to do that, but hopefully not as embarrassingly to all of you. So here's, here's some numbers, okay? We have one goal. One goal. We have one mission, but right now as a church, we have one goal. And that goal is for the next 10 years that you and I are going to work together, we are going to partner together for the next 10 years to work towards being debt-free. How are we going to accomplish that? It's the next number. Because a hundred of us, that's all it's going to take, a hundred of us are going to give, next number, $1,000 more, over and above every single year. Now, why are we going to do that? This is, this is not something that's going to be fixed next week unless God does something that absolutely blows my mind even more. Why would we dedicate like this for so long? This is a long-term goal. Why? That's the next number. We're going to do it for the over 10,000 people that live in North Branch. We're going to do it for the mission. We're going to do it because God has called us to draw people into a growing relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. And there are 10,000 people in North Branch alone who have not made that decision, who will spend an eternity separated from Him forever unless we do more to move the mission forward. But the next two numbers, okay? I've told you I'm so excited eight times now. I'm even more excited for the next two numbers. Because after we are debt-free as a church, we will be able to invest an additional $100,000 every year into ministry at this church. When we are debt-free and we don't have to pay monthly mortgage payments, that means over $100,000 more every year goes right back into ministry, right back into reaching your family, right back into reaching your friends, right back into upgrading our kids' wing, right back into doing more outreach, right back into supporting missionaries around the world. And the next number is this, that in the process, we will save over a million dollars in interest alone. We will save a million dollars. Now, I, did, I didn't show you this before, but I just want to show you the breakdown of interest. If we continue on, just our current, if we didn't change anything about it, we have a loan for 30 years, it's six something percent. If we didn't do anything different over the life of the loan, we would pay $1.5 million in interest. Interest. Again, not that going into debt was a bad thing. We needed to build this facility. This is just the result of taking out debt. So if you have debt in your personal lives, you should get out of it, okay? This is what we would pay in old interest. However, under the new plan of a $9,500 a month mortgage, applying $5,500 more towards principal, raising $100,000 a year until we were debt-free, you know how much we'll pay in interest? Only $340,000. And that is a savings, a savings of $1.2 million. That is $1.2 million that doesn't need to go to interest that we can keep and invest into the mission that God has called us to do. And so I want you to look at this big list of numbers all over again. We have one goal. The next 10 years, it's going to take 100 families giving an extra $1,000 to reach the 10,000 people of North Branch and beyond so that we can give and invest another $100,000 into ministry every year thereafter and save a million dollars in interest alone. And I know I am biased. I understand that. But how could you not want to be a part of this? 
How could you not want to be a part of what God is going to do in our midst? And I know that we all want to make a difference. We all want our lives to count for nothing. For nothing. For something. Gosh, i got to slow down. i got so much to say in three minutes left. I don't see any better way to make your life and my life count for something than building the local church and being debt-free and looking at what God can do in and through us as we work and partner together. So, let me give you some practicals. I'm going to talk real quick. Come talk to me afterwards if you have more questions. Here's, here's how we're going to accomplish Here's boots on the ground, what we're going to do. We are not looking for a 10-year pledge commitment. You're not going to sign a card that says, here's how much I'm going to give in the next 10 years. We don't want that. What we're going to do is we are going to try and raise cash and raise it quickly as fast as we can. I would love to see all of the cash come in by the end of April. It'll probably be around May before we get to a new closing date on a, on a refinance anyway. So this gives us about two months to get all the money together. Um, if you are going to give to this, um, again, I'm, I'm not trying to guilt or manipulate anybody. If you are going to give to this, um, we just want you to give either cash or check. Please don't give online for this specific thing. Online is a great resource. I wish all of us would set up an online recurring amount for our normal giving. However, every time we give online, there are credit card and bank processing fees, and we really want every penny to go towards debt reduction. So either give cash in an envelope and write, move the mission on it, write, move the mission on your check. If you don't live here, you can mail it to us. Our address is on the website, but we're looking to raise cash as quickly as possible. And please, 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 please don't miss this. Please do not stop your normal giving. This has to be over and above. We are counting on your normal generosity, your incredible generosity. We are counting on that to not only pay $15,000 a month towards our mortgage, but to continue to run the ministries and turn on the lights and have this building and pay all of our... If that drops, that slows how fast we can pay off. We're not looking to move money from one pocket to another pocket. This has to be totally on top of what else you normally give. Now, if you are not a normal giver yet, I would ask, don't even worry about this. Set up an online recurring amount and start giving regularly because in the long run, that will help us out more. And then if you have extra above that, then give to that. Now, this is going to take all of us. This is not, again, this is, this is a team effort to move the mission forward as a church. But I want to take a real quick moment and just talk to different groups of you, different groups of you watching online because you might have some questions. <clears throat> the first group I want to address is those of you that might be thinking, I don't have an extra $1,000. That might be that might be most of us. I don't have an extra. I want to be a part of it, but I don't have an extra thousand dollars. Listen, if if you would allow me to be bold for a minute, I just want to ask some questions because you might, you might not, but you might. Did you get a stimulus check recently, or do you have one coming? Maybe that's a way. Do you have a tax return coming this year? Did you already get one? Maybe that's a way. And I know we have plans, and I know when we get big checks, our eyes light up, we want to do house repairs and buying. I get it. I understand. But could you put it off for a little bit to move the mission forward? Could you delay a purchase or an upgrade so that you could give to moving the mission forward? Because here's the thing. I don't want you to miss out on being a part of the story. Now, maybe, maybe you legitimately don't have $1,000 
I, I don't, I'm not sure that's most of us, but that could be the case for some of you. Even if not, can you give 20? Can you give 100 bucks? Can you give something? I told you this last week. Someday as a church, we are going to look back and we are going to celebrate being debt-free and what God did in our church through each of us. And I would hate for you to regret not being a part of that. For your own benefit, I would ask you, give something. If you can't give $1,000 right now, give what you can and then start saving $20 a week so that next year when we talk about this again, you can give $1,000. You can invest even more into what God is doing. That might be a section of you. There's another section of you, and I think this is probably where most of us lie, that we can give more than $1,000. $1,000 is not the top of the mountain. That's not like the most anybody can give. If we have more financial resources, why wouldn't God want us to give that? Imagine, I mean, I just have this 10 years or less, but what if we could be debt-free in five or six years? We could save even more interest. We could start investing $100,000 more into ministry. Imagine what God could do. And, and I know that it's, it is not uncommon in our world today for Americans to make six figures. And we typically base our lifestyle, how we live, based on our income. But what if, for the sake of the mission, what if we decided to live on a little less so that we could give a little more? What if? I'm not telling you how much. I'm just asking you, Maybe spend some time with God and talk to him. Ask him, God, how much do you want me to give? God, would you, would you reveal something to my heart? If you can give more, if you have more financial resources than other people, why not give it? Where else can you make this sort of difference? I want to talk to another group of you, and that is the ones who are wiser and more experienced. That's my keyword for old. <clears throat> There are some of you, I, I'm not trying to be morbid at all, Keep, hear my heart. There are some of you who, if this takes 10 years to accomplish, you might not be around to see the end of it. And I, I mean, honestly, those of us that are younger, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. There, so, but I know the temptation is, especially if you're a little older, wiser, more experienced, the temptation for you is going to be to hold back because you might be afraid of not seeing it completed, not seeing the fruit of your labor, and so you might feel, well, this isn't for me or I'm not going to invest as much as I normally would. Can I just ask you to do the opposite? On behalf of God, on behalf of the people that we have yet to reach, you, if, especially if you're older, typically you have a lot more reason. You've taken years to build wealth, to accumulate, to be responsible. What if, what if I mean, part of your legacy is your family and all those, but what if, what if the most important and influential part of your legacy is going to be helping a church become debt-free that will last for generations to come and continue to draw people into a growing relationship with God through Jesus Christ way longer than you live. What if? And, I say this, I don't know if this is anybody here, I don't know if this is anybody watching online, but I feel like there is somebody who has been extremely blessed financially. Maybe that's you. But I think someone somewhere that attends this church is connected, watches, is a friend of one of us, one of us, somebody has the resources to be able to write a big check. I mean like a million or two. Maybe even pay off the loan. Listen to me. That's not that hard to believe. If that's you, I want you to talk to God about it, honestly. If you're watching this online, I want you to listen, what? nothing I'm gonna say is gonna make a difference. But would you be open to God anyway? If you know somebody like that, would you consider sharing this message with them and sharing your passion for the mission to see this accomplished? Because what if, I'm not saying he's gonna, 
But what if God could move faster than we could have ever imagined? What if? I want to end today because we're already late with two quick things. One of them is from a book called Uncomfortable. The author, Brett McCracken, says there are so many ordinary ways to be ambassadors of the extraordinary gospel, but none more important than building up the body of Christ by committing to a local church. He goes on to say this, it may, it may not sound exciting, may seem too predictable and institutional and bourgeois, it's certainly not going to be comfortable, but showing up at church week after week and giving oneself to the building of the body is a revolutionary act of mission. You know what that reminds me of? 2 Corinthians chapter 5. <clears throat> and God has given us Honestly, this is such a privilege. This is such an opportunity. God has given us this task of reconciling people to Him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And then as a result, as a result of what He has done in our lives, He gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making His appeal through us. It is plan A and there is no plan B. We speak for Christ when we plead Come back to God. Here's my heart. Here's my goal. I've tried to lay out everything as clearly as I can. I want us to be debt-free as a church in 10 years or less so that we can move the mission more than we ever have before. And I am hoping that there's 100% participation between all of us. 100%. Whether that's $5, whether that's $500,000, I hope we can all get behind this. Because... There are eternities at stake because it's what God has called us to because it's the reason that we exist as a church and because I am convinced that once we put our trust in Jesus, it's the only reason that God doesn't rapture us up to heaven right away is because He's given us a mission. He's given us a calling. He's given us a job. Are we going to move the mission or not? It's up to us. God has been working. God has been preparing things. God has done miracles to get us to this point. But now it's up to us. Are we going to move the mission or not? And I will tell you, I am so looking forward to what God is going to do through you. As we partner together, as we dedicate ourselves to this goal for the next 10 years, 100 families, all those numbers, I am looking forward to how God is going to use you and use me to reach and draw even more people for all eternity. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you so much for everything that you have done in our lives just personally, not even the church, not even the world, not even the mission, just the fact that You sent Your Son, Jesus, to no longer count our sins against us, but to see us as holy and righteous and we can have a relationship with You that is so fulfilling and so good and so awesome. Thank You, Father. And God, I pray that out of that, the overflow of our relationship with You would be to get behind this mission that You've given us. Father, I pray that over the, over the next coming weeks, from now until the end of April, as we, as we look to raise money, God, I pray that You would touch our hearts. God, this is not about us becoming more comfortable as a church. This is not about Shaheen laying out some great plan. God, this is about what You want. Father, I am asking You to speak to us and to move in our hearts and to draw us closer to You. And may, that, may just the result of that accomplish Your mission more in this world. And Father, I just want to say right now, thank You in advance. Before anything happens, before a dollar is given, thank You in advance, God, for what You are going to do. Thank You for Your faithfulness. 
Thank You for Your love. Thank You for working with us. Thank You for inviting us to be a part of Your mission, God. We are excited for what You're going to do in us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.